So tell me more about, I didn't know you were in radio before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't remember years offhand. Uh, it was about four or five years total. Uh, back in Lake Charles, we did KBYS was the McNeese radio station. Uh, had not quite hand in starting the station, but we were doing uh, KBYS after dark. Uh, so I was asked uh, at the time, Jacob Ross uh, was the producer, if you will. Like uh, he was running the overall station, kind of getting things going. Yeah. Um, so he asked me to hop on uh, for like a two hour spot once a week. Uh, and then we kind of wanted to grow that from the two hour once a week to let's get some more people on weekly. Uh, so essentially, uh, that's when Casey and Colton with Neon Natives, we got them in and uh, started doing, I think, up to six hours a week of underground music on the radio uh out of lake charles brand new stuff nobody's ever heard to where like uh we were running through um i mean most of our friends were bartenders at the time so they'd turn it on at their bars you know all that kind of stuff uh but generally 10 to 10 p.m to 1 a.m is like was solid underground music for three nights to four nights a week uh, for about five years there. Damn, that's pretty cool, though. I never knew that. Yeah. uh, So my show, uh, I focused on brand new music. So that's kind of where, like, I found all of my collection, if you will. So it was all new, never played or never uh, released, depending on... uh, how hot it was uh brand new music every week um two hours to an hour set depending on if there's a guest you know kind of go from there uh and so it was my goal to always play a a brand new show i never want to play the same thing twice in a set regardless but then i'm playing radio so i'm wanting to always bring like the newest hottest stuff every week because radio is stuck in the same organized playlist, the same cookie cutter, this is the formula to make you money. And yeah. I had the opportunity to like learn that, but also not have to abide by those like overall rules. And like this is the formula, but let's see how the, our idea works. So... And you can do that with like the kind of school college way. College radio is like a really good outlet. Um, KBYS is still rocking and rolling. Uh, John Bridges is doing an awesome show like every day, if I'm not mistaken. I know he was when uh, when I was doing all of my stuff. Uh, he was before me, and then we rocked straight into underground music for two hours. <laughs> so it was... Uh, an interesting experience i learned a lot of like overall production like we were talking earlier like just editing like on the spot i'd come in early morning and watch like bray j and those guys and like their editing editing um like straight 
like on the fly commercial break i have to edit this whole interview and then when we're back on we're airing That's crazy we are airing this interview yeah, yeah. so generally in your in your um oh i got it easy then <laughs> yeah in your in your music your music break you're doing the interview yeah. and then the uh the commercial break uh, is where you edit, and then when you come back from commercial, you're talking. So, hey, how's it going, everybody? We're back from commercial, and uh, now, now in studio, we have X, Y, and Z. Let's here's our interview, you know, and you air the interview, so it's not all live, and you can get actual sentences put together appropriately without it, and uh, and get yeah. things real you know and uh so it's like seeing those guys operate in like such a condensed like i have to edit this bop, 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 shortcut macro keys done air that's crazy yeah and it's like red light on like we're doing it now like okay these guys are going like yeah so Watching them and then like running my show, which like I ran, uh, you know, it's not a programmed show. I'm I'm on air. I'm DJing. I'm spinning. You know, I'm I'm having guests in. My my goal was to always have a live guest if I could, and I never really wanted to record a show if I couldn't help it. Um, feel, excuse me. I still feel like uh, radio is should be like a live thing. Uh, like what we're doing right now, you know, talking one-on-one uh, out in an amazing setting, luckily. But in a studio, um, I feel like a lot of it can get um, pre-formatted and kind of just plug and play to where it loses like the grit of radio, what it used to be, and, yeah. like all, all that kind of stuff. Um, but on top of like playing music and things like that, um, I feel like just having a machine run the playlist instead of because of an algorithm instead of how I want to or how somebody else would want to interpret it the same playlist you know uh, that's that's really what DJing and and what real radio to me should be so I've always like tried to if I have a hand on it it's got to be real so <laughs> so was it was it DJing, then radio, then DJing, or was it radio that inspired DJing? So I started out as the frat DJ. Um, that's like how I got known in that side of town, if you will. And uh, so over the years, you know, you're playing, playing the clubs and the bars and the, the house parties. Uh, the, the lead organizer of the radio station like just kind of got in touch with me as a dj like hey we're doing this this is our idea to have this kind of underground show you're one of the underground djs in town you know let's let's see if you want to do it and uh so it worked out uh and then got in touch with you know a lot of the other guys and got them on on air you know that was my main goal is like we have all this talent in town let's show it off you know and they went and ran with it buku uh you know buku music and arts festival giveaways um i think three years in a row something like that uh several several like overall just bigger promotions you know benefiting and paying off from just a little radio station so 
definitely a lot of hands in it. Definitely not just me, but it takes a lot. Uh, of what, what was your like intro like? Say you're you're about to come on. Like, did you have like this yeah, specific so, like uh, uh, way? So I actually uh, at the time. Uh, uh, if y'all don't or you don't know about Rillo, uh, the backstory there, it, we I was in a duo. We were a duo, how, however you want to term that. Um, so me and a dude named Ross, who is blowing it up right now, he's about to play Boiler Room in Tennessee, like going crazy, Ross Louder, shout out. Uh, he, uh, We both kind of started doing that thing and forgot what the question was (laughs) 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 hell yeah no like i was wondering like your like that intro thing you had Ah, when you were on radio like like that so uh it was his uh girlfriend at the time uh kaylee willis who was on kplc had her own um radio show later on at kbys and um beautiful voice awesome on radio and uh so we're just in the in the studio kind of recording and uh no bruce (laughs) don't eat that bacon bruce uh we're in, we're in the studio just kind of recording, cutting up, and uh, I have the mic accidentally on her, like, m- not muted, like, recording, let's go. And, like, she's just laughing, like, being giggly in the corner. And uh, so I took all of that. Bruce! <laughs> I took all of that and uh, chopped it up, and I took all of, like, the hottest dance songs, <laughs> Diplo, blah blah blah, all that, and kind of played it on like his, uh, like his BBC Radio One intro is like my was like my main inspiration for it. Uh, so it like just kind of garbles through. You hear another track and like radio, radio, another track, radio, radio, but it comes in to where just like and. Kaylee's over there in the corner just laughing and uh just a KBYS after dark you know and then but it was all in her voice and we go through all the the hottest tracks of the year or whatever and it kind of morphed throughout the years and uh and then you know you have the overall hello how's it going everybody you're locked in tonight with Rillo We'll be rocking till about 12 a.m. CST. And then all the music's going on in the back. So you got all these like awkward pauses, things like that. But it's all like grouped into emceeing on top, you know. But uh, so you like have to have your call tags every hour, essentially. So KBYS, 88.3 KBYS, like has to be said in the show every hour for FCC purposes and all the legal and all that. Um, And then obviously no swearing, all your mixes have to be edited. So that was another thing in playing all this fresh shit was like, some of it you don't really know. So you're just like flipping, there's a, a, a slip button and you can just reverse 
the track. Yeah. So playing live, cool, reverse, and then you, it just keeps going like uh, nothing ever happened. <laughs> so you're, I mean, that's another thing, like on your toes, live editing, you know, like, okay, this track I know has an F-bomb in here somewhere. There it is. And now we're on. So. Sounds like it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. But I don't, I don't know the swear. You couldn't, you couldn't no cut. Was, no was that hard swearing. at first? Uh, I mean, it was hard till the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean, DJ mode, right? Like you're, you're, you're getting the crowd amped up here. And uh, I mean, when you turn around, much like to to what you've seen plenty of times, uh, you turn around and it's just an empty room that you're just playing to, you know. Or the the two people that happen to uh, want to join you for two hours in in a room, <laughs> yeah, are just sitting there. It's like, oh hey, hey guys, like uh, need to know exactly what I'm playing. It's not like it's a completely different mix style. Like it's an awesome uh, way to uh, explore new music, but there's no like real like crowd reading. There, I mean, you're. You just hope you're doing good. Yeah, or 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 have a, a mix well prepared enough to, or rely on your skills well enough to, uh, you know, put a mix out there. But there's plenty of times, like I re- obviously recorded everything and listened back and and all that. But there's plenty of times I've gone through and listened to old radio shows. It's like Jesus, like. I could have rearranged five of those tracks and been like 10 times better, but you know, kind of in the moment, this is what I got and nobody, nobody else knows. So we're just going to rock with it. Yeah. That I feel that, I mean, we have way more uh, editing time, uh, here at third coast in a couple of seconds because sometimes i go in and i have to listen to the whole episode because we go off the rails or there's too much dead time right. or too much silence or just too or the it gets too crazy and you got to fix it but that that's it so starts in, getting the ribs <laughs> uh, shout out Bruce. Well, i mean he's a big dog i would want yeah, ribs too right i think he's got his fill <laughs> Like now he's laying down being Have. But uh that that like we get I could spend like an hour, two hours, three hours, and I can do a whole episode and I get about five, six days I can do it, you know. But to do it right there on the spot, that's intense. Yeah. And, uh, on the spot with like you know you have the timer. Like you're listening the whole time this commercial's going. And you're the one you're most of the time you're the one who programmed it in. So you know exactly how long it's gonna be. So you're just like on the timer waiting for it to air, like I need to get this done. And uh it's like I said, those guys have got it down to such an art that like all the random dead air you never would have even guessed like yeah. in between a breath like just cut it cut it, cut it, cut because it. like that's that's music time or that's commercial time for them essentially or interview time but when there's nothing being said like just cut it instantaneously yeah, i mean it's a natural flow they keep it kind of natural for the most part but if you really analyze like you're good DJs, uh, you know, radio DJs, yeah. uh, they like they will have a real natural flow. It might even be a live interview if they're willing. But 
personally as like somebody who's had live interviews it's rough uh you know you you definitely have to have that that little editing time yes, uh, to get to get the the idea across a little more efficient so um but oh my bad oh no you're good i was was just gonna say that like especially when you're interviewing and when you go back and listen to it sometimes you feel like you could you wish you could ask a different question too some yeah uh that is definitely like something i dealt with for a little bit and then like i was like man screw it i i'm either gonna interview in a conversation or i'm gonna have my topics and like we're gonna fill those topics and then go from there but it's uh it's interesting to see like the the big guys like just sit and have a conversation and like edit it down air it and then have the next one like even with the same person like hey i'm here all day in studio with everybody xyz and uh you know after this break don't don't miss out they'll be in we'll have the interview you know it's it's just keep bait and switch keep it on we have another hour to fill like <laughs> and they're just collecting the whole time you know getting getting more content they'll they'll either run a big interview in the meantime or split it up so it's it's a it's an industry it's a different world <laughs> what What's one of the coolest people you interviewed on the radio? Uh, if you can't recall. So my favorite, um, I didn't get to like interview him, but he was uh, still one of my favorite people. Uh, shout out Amal. Uh, he is AF the naysayer, AF or naysayer now, something like that. Uh, up in Baltimore, used to be in New Orleans for the longest time. Uh, I had him on the set. Um, I don't remember the date, but uh, it was just, it was an awesome set. Uh, I was able to do some like experimental, like really way off stuff before him, which is like awesome personally, uh, but something that most people wouldn't expect uh, before an AF set. So uh, having the ability to do that on air, on a radio, that like, this is my show. Like, we're going to, this is my idea, and we're going to grow with it. But to me, it worked out really well uh, with his style. Um, another good one, uh, Carnival. Uh, he's over in L.A. now, but he was another New Orleans guy. Um did a lot of collabs at the time, uh, Masego, things like that, and uh, had him come in studio, did a live set. We did a small interview, and he's over in L.A. just killing it, doing the whole, uh, at the time it was Trap House, so that ship has kind of moved on by now, but he's uh, he's a producer by far, like, I can't even uh, describe what he can do compared to me. So <laughs> that that's amazing. We uh we recently interviewed uh, David Bosnick, which is one of my uh, now one of my top tier favorite interviews. Uh, MMA fighter for AKA uh, the featherweight the featherweight champion. Uh huh. So yeah, that was a great interview. Hell and, yeah. 
Y'all can check that out on all major streaming platforms and at 5000w's.thirdcoastpodcast.com. And we are in the Zen Den and on the slow march a couple weeks away from Fet the Void 2022, sitting down with Mr. William Bunting. Bow. That is dope, though. Yeah, getting I, I, fucking I, ate up. Oh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling so bad for you right now. The mosquitoes are having their way with you. No repel. Yeah. We good. We good. So tell me about this uh, This uh, 10 miles with the taco in your hand. Uh, the 10-mile taco ride. So uh, Labor Day, this past weekend, we did uh, 102 miles. Uh, from. I work at a bike shop. Uh, shout out, Trek. Oh, cool. uh, how, how many miles? So it was scheduled 100. We did 102. Uh, so the route was marked for about five hours. We finished it in about 4.45, four hours, 45 minutes. Uh, and yeah, really great way to stay in shape. <laughs> uh, so yeah, first 10 miles or so. Um, I'm a I'm a lean fellow, so I need my carbs and my food, and I'm riding 100 miles, and it ain't my first radio, so I know what I'm getting into, and I need food. Uh, so my pockets are full of food. Uh, I got some uh, flat repair kit and my phone, and that's it. And uh, so I'm out of I'm out of pocket pocket room for my other taco. So I just rode 10 miles with the taco in my left hand. So you got your, your back brake in your right hand. And uh, you're just stopping every, every red light. Take a bite out of your taco and then roll on. And uh, yeah, and after about 10 miles, it starts to like get a little floppy. Yeah. So was this, what kind of taco was it? Uh, I don't. Do y'all have like the Laredo tacos over here? No. Oh, okay. No, so, that, that that's a Texas thing. So yeah, well, it's a Stripes gas station. So they're getting all the all the credit right now on the hottest uh, podcast in the South. <laughs> uh, so it's a gas station taco stand essentially. If you want to be technical, but it's like a really nice one. They have facilities, you know. Um, the little nice lady punches it into the computer. You get a ticket. And, uh, so they got the, the two bacon cube. Uh, it's beans, potatoes, bacon, cheese, you know, good pre hundred mile ride breakfast. And you get two of them. So one goes in the pocket and then the other one was meant to be eaten, but I didn't get to eat it all the way. And so I just ate it on the ride. Is it a flat? Was that a, a flat ride at 102 miles? Yeah. No yeah. hills or anything? Uh, I think max elevation over the whole ride was like 600 foot. So oh, that ain't bad. Nothing. Like, I just got back from Virginia for 13,000 feet. Like, this was nothing. This was... That was why I did this ride, honestly. But a hundred miles is a lot. Excuse me. Like let's be let's be technical. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm not I'm not anywhere. I'm staying way far from a hundred miles I unless was, I'm I, in a vehicle. I was definitely dead. But I mean, getting drug along a hundred miles at twenty eight miles an hour, uh, definitely not something I exactly signed up for. So, uh, but it was fun. I uh, glad I hung in for the whole time. Uh, There's 
come mile 85 and a good opportunity to bow out of the the fast group but didn't didn't know well enough i guess and wanted to bleed through my eyes some more so <laughs> so you you went 102 miles is that like a like a badge of honor or like you get like a patch or it's so like a trick you know uh, it's weird cycling kind of goes back and forth between metrics or metric and standard like uh sizes if you will so every part component wise on a bike is uh, uh a metric size you know european size screw uh but we measure distance in mileage. Uh, so a century is 100 miles. A metric century is 62.5 miles. So metric, what they would call a century is 62.5 or 62K. Yeah. Uh, a metric century, 100 kilometers, 62.5. I'm pretty sure and there's probably changed in that. Um, but so you have like your... Um, I don't know how to explain it, explain it, but they, uh, your, your breakthroughs, you know, like every, everybody wants to ride five miles and then everybody wants to ride 10 miles and then everybody wants to ride 25 miles. And if you've done 25 miles, you can do 40 miles. And if you've done 40 miles, you can do 50 miles. And if you've done 50, you can do a metric which is that 65 point or 62.5. And if you've done a metric, you can probably hang in for the whole century. And like, it's just a snowball effect of like, if you've done all of these miles, you already know what it's going to be like for the next two hours. Like that's essentially what the communication is like uh, a metric century, you know, 62.5. Uh, at 20 miles an hour, you know, that's a kind of a good gauge. So two, four, six, eight, that's less than four hours, two, four, six, three and a half, you know? Uh, so if you're saying a century in five hours, you know, two, four, six, eight, ten, twenty 20 miles an hour average. And so like, you can kind of gauge, you know, how, how fast are you doing your metric century? Oh, two, two hours, two hours in a metric. Okay, you're going pretty quick. So, uh, but honestly, I've found um, that I'm like the performance mode disengaged recently. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, did some time up in Virginia, and uh, like what, what part of Virginia? So I was in Roanoke uh, doing work up there. Uh, had the privilege of getting flown up there. Had my bike flown up there. Did training on a new acquisition that we were opening up. And um, just did serious, hard, backcountry mountain bike riding. Like uh, on the Appalachian Mountains. Just Damn. Yeah, go straight up and go straight back down for... 30 minutes or so and 
Yeah, it was magic. <laughs> was well, uh, how did the elevation affect you when you got up there? Because I know you you said it's what thirteen. Uh, so in eight days I did thirteen thousand five hundred and eighty-seven feet of climbing, something like that. Uh, so that was over the week I was there. Essentially, I was there ten days. Um, but the um. Uh, at, it's not not like Denver, you know, anything like that. You know, you're not at a mile high, or you're pretty much at sea level. But that's kind of what makes some of their rides more um, more challenging. Is that you're going from such a low elevation straight up yeah. most of the time. Uh, there was one ride I did where literally, like, it was a twenty mile ride. Uh, Mind you, I have my e-bike with me, so thank God for all of a technology and motor in, in oh, that aspect. I, I hate to stop you. What is an e-bike? An e-mountain bike. Uh, so it is essentially a full suspension mountain bike like you would know and race and see on TV and Rampage and all that uh, with a motor. Uh, it's a Bosch system that I'm on. Uh, all kind of designed around the motor and the frame. And uh, to me personally, uh, I really have found an e-bike to be obviously ridiculously fun, but uh, it adds so much more to the ride, Um, like uh, in terms of ride quality, what I'm doing during my ride, like I can... Um, like I'm, I'm managing battery levels. I'm managing managing torque output uh, of like what I'm pushing through the pedals in certain times. Uh, really, really technical, fine at speed details that uh, a regular bike really doesn't give you, especially like in a race setting over a weekend or a multi-day stage race where you're limited in like a watt hour setting or things like that. Um, You really become tactical in how you ride. And uh, I found doing that like aspect of riding is really something new that I haven't really found. And uh, being able to figure out is how to do that has been uh, a really good outlet <laughs> recently. Um, but like I was mentioning earlier, you know, kind of getting in that perform- performance mode, you think of riding in certain terms. So I have to do this on this ride, and I have to achieve this on this turn, and yada yada yada. And uh, so up in Virginia, uh, out in Roanoke there, uh, started the first night, a thousand feet of elevation, straight up the mountain, straight back down. Cool. Just broke all the records in the book. Let's go. And, uh, in my book anyway, <laughs> and, uh, then the, uh, service manager there, uh, he like gave me all of his routes was like, you need to go hit this. You need to go hit this. Took me out that night to their like downhill free ride, which is my style. Um, their little park out there. And, uh, we sent some nice flow trails. Everything's nice and manicured, double black diamond stuff. Uh, some single blacks, 
um, but we're we're shredding that night with some headlights, just two boys in the mountains, and uh, so that was like a real eye opener. I think the elevation that night was maybe like fifteen hundred twenty two, something like that. Nothing real crazy in the grand scheme, um, but uh, still like this this is the best riding and then the next night um he kind of pointed me in another direction another mountain basically and uh, it was called the dragon's back and uh so i was like cool i'm gonna go do dragon's back tonight he had the day off and so i just hauled ass out to um, everything's 45 minutes away from roanoke essentially luckily it's an awesome place. Um, yeah, Virginia is very beautiful, by the way. If y'all ain't never been to Virginia, y'all need to go check it out. Yeah. It is a beautiful, beautiful state. Just start on one side and then go to the other. Like, it's and if you have crazy. To, if, you have to, <laughs> if you have to pass through North Carolina to get there, just don't stop nowhere in North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go north, northeast, right? <laughs> oh, damn, I changed the button. My bad. I changed the button. I thought it was going to be the fucking uh, applause. Talk, talk, there it is. Got to talk a little shit about North Carolina. We don't care. Y'all take y'all shirts off and twist around your head like a helicopter. But we do care about y'all buying tickets and coming out to uh, Fet Du Bois 2022. And y'all can check out that website, too. It ain't at 5,000 W's. Nope. Nope. No, uh, no, Bruce. Bruce. No, Bruce. <laughs> Club Bruce is closed. Uh, this is episode one. Hold up, one sixty nine now. Hell yeah, one sixty nine. Damn, that's a lot. Yeah, and that's not including the interviews. Uh, I was telling uh, China, shout out China for uh, she manages the website. Uh, if y'all come out to Fed the Void this year, we got a whole bunch of cool merch for y'all on the. The mystical, magical, free merch table that we provide now every year at FET. Everything for Third Coast is free, and we don't charge on nothing. Just rep us, and we appreciate every one of our listeners. But uh, China made uh, the QR code, Rillo. You look on the second sticker that I gave you. Bow. You can, uh, if you have Google Scan or Scan on your phone, you can scan it, tap it, and it bring you directly to the website. So it is... Uh, really dope and if y'all are on the website you can check out uh all of our episodes all of our uh host and fe- uh featured guests uh which have uh each one of the guests have been on multitudes of es- uh, episodes and then you can take uh check out our gallery of photos of all of us that we do have and then our meme page and we love and appreciate everybody but virginia don't they say virginia's for lovers Virginia is for lovers. I have no clue why. Like nobody, what, apparently, who, who? nobody in Virginia knows. Like they literally, like apparently, that's a thing here. I was like, you live here, bro. Like I'm asking you that. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Uh, I uh, sorry, I'm on the wrong page. I'm like, man, that looks like Joe. That is me. I'm just, I just happen to be on this pod third coast podcast uh you know gallery site and just checking all these old pictures out 
you got to get the sticker, you got to scan the code, and you just go to the site, and it's all there. It's it's easy. Genius. That's China? Genius. Yeah. Yeah. Genius. Done. Yeah. I'd then you look at Joe all day. Done. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that. that. Y'all don't want to look at me that long. <laughs> you just got to get more China in there. There you go. Yeah. Uh, she was on, uh, we did an episode last week, uh, episode uh, 168, Why Do They Call Them Oysters? Uh, you I ever, mean, you ever heard of on. Rocky Mountain Oysters? That sounds familiar. It's not what you think they are. Oh, God. They're not oysters. They're uh, cooked bull testicles. That's why it sounds familiar. That's, yep. that's what I like. So I've been watching a bunch of Liver King stuff recently. Really? Yeah. Like uh, like his tenets of ancestral living and all, all that, that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, cool... Online marketing, you know, really, really gets a, a thing going on. But uh, I'm, I am interested in, you know, that kind of lifestyle, if you will. Uh, I'm, I do live more naturally. Uh, so free flowing in to, the world. Yeah, well, that you know, I don't like all the chemicals. I don't really wash my hair with soaps or you know anything like that. So the luscious mane is just water. That's maybe. probably why I'm bald, and you got a nice hair, uh, <sighs> full head of hair. I guess, I guess that's it. But uh, mine just migrated down, <laughs> down, yeah. down my back. Yeah, mine's <laughs> mine's just migrated up, pretty much. But yeah, the. Um, all of like I don't I don't get into you know why they're good or bad I just find my body does well without all of the extra stuff that we've been putting on it for years so um, when I stop washing my hair every day or once a week or once a month and I just run water through it when I take a shower it does great now when I stopped using all the crazy soaps that smell good and deodorant every day like my natural body kind of has cotton back up to where yeah like i might smell like a little dude sometimes but i'm gonna go take a shower and then we're good so it's been interesting how oh, so like, you so you i can tell that you believe that corporations are poisoning our bodies uh, no uh it's so that's that's where I do kind of like not necessarily draw the line, but like I see their value. I see like where I see the marketing. I, I understand why it's been done. I understand why people buy it. I understand, you know, all of the quote unquote benefits to it. But personally, I would just rather not that product. Yeah, like it's not like oh you're a corporation. I'm against you. I, I work for a corporation. <laughs> it's a really good corporation. Uh, shout out truck bikes. Uh, I mean, if I can do that, but uh, I've been working for for them for uh, just about a year now, and it's just like a big mom and pop that cares about some customers. So seeing that in like. It's really kind of opened my eyes back up to like how a corporate structure should be ran, um, but at the same time, mm, that's not every oh, like it's still a bike store. You know, we're still a bike company. You know, it's not Walmart or it's not uh, Irish Spring making soap or you know something like that. Yeah, that is where fitness and health you know 
kind of company or corporation. Uh, so that's uh, y'all are based out of Texas. So Trek is out of uh, Waterloo, uh, Wisconsin. So they have. Uh, I've never been to Wisconsin. Me neither, and they want me to go a lot, and it's too cold. <laughs> and what do you mean it's too cold? Too cold. I do not <laughs> do the cold. Hey, that's where I thrive. I'm big and hairy. Mm-mm. I like it cold. Mm-mm. So beyond the metal in my body, I uh, do not get along with the cold. I am too tall, too skinny. My feet and hands stay cold all winter as it is. I do not play with cold. No, thank you. <laughs> a tropic, uh, tropic climate only, huh? Tropic, maybe some desert. I could, I could visit some snow, some, but I can't live there. Like, yeah, living in snow sucks. It really does. Yeah, yeah. I, we got caught in the freeze. What two years ago? A year ago? However long now? And that was literal hell. And I had it pretty well compared to other people. So, um, I can't, I mean, we weren't set up for it at all in Texas. So there you go. Uh, the Northerns got it a little bit better. (laughs) (laughs) You you want me to shock your mind? What you got? What you think the coldest temperature I've ever had to stay at? It's negative something. Yeah. Mm damn military dude yeah <laughs> what you got negative 32 dude screw that no, you could watch you. I, i'm not even lying uh you could watch water for you take we we would free uh unfreeze uh pallets of water inside of our tents because mm-hmm. we're only where the heater was but you could literally walk outside your tent and okay the tent is sprayed with like that foam stuff so it's like a tent yeah. spray with that that like i don't know probably cancer type foam but uh, you could walk outside and put a bottle of water down in the snow and watch it freeze. Dang. Like, literally yeah. just watch it freeze. Yeah, that's crazy. But that, I mean, that's cold, but like living in cold, I, I, I do not prefer. I would like to live somewhere it kind of snowed sometimes and then was, you know, Tennessee's got a nice little uh, weather pattern. Yeah. But living in snow where it snows like really deep all the time. Like in Wisconsin, no, no, I, I agree with you totally. Yeah, so the the owner of Trek came up. We had a little, you know, barbecue uh, and all that, and he was down in Houston, and uh, he's making his rounds. And uh, amazing, John Burke is an amazing owner, amazing person to talk to. Uh, will look into your soul and read every depth there is. Uh, and uh, so we're just talking and next thing you know he's like well if you ever have the opportunity to come in Wisconsin uh, in the winter just don't do it dude and I was like, <laughs> thanks for the open closed invitation like well I'll take that and run with it oh it's winter I have to do training in Wisconsin sorry uh, he told me not to come it's too cold can't do it I'll postpone two two months three months maybe when the snow kind of defrosts <laughs> but no uh i have not messed with any kind of freezing temperature so it is when it hits 50 we 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 cold around here <laughs> but uh 
y'all stick around we're gonna have uh take a short break uh check out this music from one of our artists that are lined up for effective void 2022 and uh he is a cajun legend and uh mr curly taylor and the zydeco trouble y'all check out this great tune check out all the streaming platforms tiktok instagram facebook spotify and uh you can cash at me some money if you want to i'm playing but uh, check check out this uh, great tune we'll be back
Yeah, I hope y'all enjoyed that selection. Now get ready for the rest of the action, baby. Uh, I'm using the sound baths for all that stuff. The uh, sound baths gonna be uh, in the Zenden. Sound bath in the Zenden. I'm not sure what night. Mm, I have to double check. Friday or Saturday, one of those nights. Uh, right before Iceman, I do know that. So sundown, Iceman. Afterwards, we're gonna be vibing. That would definitely be Saturday then. Bam. Yeah, I, I remember that from looking at the lineup. Cool. Yeah. So that that's that is grand lineup planned, um, which I think is the best way to to run a void is uh vibe out in the zenden watch the sun go down and then jam out with some ice man for the rest of the night what does the sound bath uh entail like so uh this year i'll be using uh it's more one with nature finding the rhythms in nature and uh so in my trips uh recently up to virginia uh, and uh, around void void grounds uh, and some Texas spots. Uh, I have been doing uh, field recordings for uh, the last six months or so, and so I'll be incorporating all that uh, on top of some tablas, didgeridoo, uh, and just kind of finding and exploring rhythms and what we hear in nature that we may not always know is there. Um, the sound bath is on Saturday at 6.30 p.m. Bam. 6.30 p.m. in the Zenden. And then turn around and watch watch the Iceman shred. Yeah, man. So um, if you don't mind, can you go through a little bit of your process of, of like, you know, is what you do, like, strictly analog? Or do you do live loops? Like, like you say, you pre-recorded stuff, so you have stuff saved. Uh, I know you you also do a lot of like live stuff while you're you're operating them, right? Yeah. So uh, it is essentially a uh, live improv set, if you will. Uh, so I have uh, ideas uh, of how I want things to go mm-hmm. and uh, kind of what we want to touch here and there. Uh, it's similar to how I run my DJ sets. Um, but I am kind of interpreting the environment, uh, the atmosphere that we're in, and the Zenden itself, uh, on top of the energy of everybody uh, doing Tai Chi in the back. I've seen to where just purely asleep in front of me, uh, you mm-hmm. know, just trying to to use that live improv energy uh, on top of pre-recorded field recordings. Uh, using that, I have a module called a Morphogene. Uh, so it is essentially like a tape loop reel. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that, that like cassette or like or just uh, digital? But it essentially turns it into like a cassette tape yeah, that so you can like manipulate and modulate, run backwards and forwards, like uh, have a kalimba and slow it way down but like slice it up and you have this crazy beat going now and can really like explore things that people always know or hear cicada sitting in the back Mm -hmm. and next thing you know you're going into exploring some rhythm that just came out of that and 
something that is always in my mind, but mm, I've found not many people think about. Yeah. So what do you, what do you, what would you describe as a, a sound bath? You know, like for my sound baths. Uh, so I, uh, you are going to explore uh, sounds, harmonics, um, feels, if you will, mm-hmm. colors, uh, a lot of um, grounding. I like to set a ground and a floor yeah. uh, in the atmosphere itself. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, so it's like a zen state of, um, of sound. Exactly. So it's very, very sit- fitting for the for the Zenden. But generally, I find the harmonic of the environment that I'm in. So the Zenden has its own, you know, tuning. Mm-hmm. Like we've experienced in the past, we tune to to the boat. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was so crazy. exactly right. So yeah. you apply that. Can you tell that story? <laughs> Dang right, we can. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can curse too i only got uh with this only i have to do is put explicit on it cool explicit uh is so explicit explicit explicitly explicit explicitly explicit yeah that's what that's what this is exquisite <laughs> so uh what was that two years ago now yeah i think it was falgu farms alligator farms that that boy out there uh <laughs> So I get the invite. Uh, I think that was for the Holly Rock show at the Pele. <laughs> was it the uh, T Bar? Uh huh. Yeah, I think y'all were playing the. Uh, I don't remember why I was coming into New Orleans. I ended up playing the Holly Rock show at Trash Pile the okay. night after. Yeah. And uh, I opened, and because of the boat, Will mm-hmm. was like, "Why don't you just open for us tomorrow?" I was like, "Yeah, cool." <laughs> Let's so I do think it. you ended up, man. So, anyways, they they have this big, like floating barge, like in like one of the parts of the uh, the sloughs that come up from uh, this. I guess it's the Sabine. Where no, we were down in um, La Rose. La Rose. Yeah, I don't know. It was some marsh well, land, some swamp thing. And um, they have an alligator farm over there, but they have a big barge pulled up in the back. It's like a houseboat, two story, three story, whatever. But uh, it stays running like the motor has to stay running like a generator to keep the power on. But we were we were set up and Will had his uh, his equipment set up in the in the kitchen living room and I was playing my <laughs> bass synth. But the only thing that we could really play was the tune of the boat, which was in some key, you know, because that it's so loud, it's like a hum throughout the thing. But we ended up making all kinds of crazy noises in the key of the boat. I got so super one deeper. So the reason we tuned in the key of the boat is because fucking Charlie's over uh, in the corner, like, all right, all right. And in in New Orleans, every studio session is tuned to the AC. (laughs) No, that's what Alan Toussaint says. Uh, Alan Toussaint says every in New Orleans in the city, everybody, all the musicians drives the musicians crazy because every. window unit in the whole city when it's hot in the summer that's all you hear is the big hum of of everybody's window unit and it's in like the key of like f sharp minor or something that's like not the exactly the a normal key and it just it, not says it, dri- right? it drives all the musicians crazy 
Yeah, so then he goes, so we're going to tune to the boat. <laughs> tune to the boat. <laughs> so we just... <laughs> tune to the boat. We're good. <laughs> so... And I mean that's that's honestly that is that is a sound bath right like you you're finding the harmonic you find the balance and so I make the balance I find the overall harmony of the room and uh, like shake it essentially and um, just eh, detune it just very slightly and then you'll start picking up waves and all kinds of different aspects of like just rhythm you know and uh the more you detune our harmonic the the faster or the slower the vibration uh until it hits the next pitch and then it'll lock in and then so when you hear the wave and then back off it's getting closer or further away from tuning essentially so you can use my the way I set the floor, I have two bass oscillators, uh, two bass pitches, and you tune them exactly to the room, and then you just and keep going from there. Yeah, Joe, you know what he's talking about? I have no idea, but I'm listening. <laughs> I'm trying. To yeah, oscillator, bro. Oscillator. See you later, Oscillator. Shout out Ricky Tynes. <laughs> Tinez. That boy. Uh, I hate to say I do not know what an oscillator is. Do you know what a you know what this didgeridoo is? You see this thing? Yeah, I know I know what that, I know what that, it is, but I don't is, know how to play it at that all. That is the original oscillator. Straight up. Yeah, like so anything that kind of does like a wavy constant um sound like a that's an oscillator am i right am i wrong so yeah straight up so uh in like mechanics or industrial applications like an oscillator you know moving you have sine oscillation same thing we use sine waves we use square waves we use saw waves it's different electronic signals sent over uh, it's, a how, wave. it's how electricity works. Current. Yeah. Yeah. So everything back to sound bath. <laughs> <laughs> Every sound, whether or not it is uh, in a digital form or not, uh, is generated from an analog circuit, uh, is how I perform essentially. Uh, so it's a digital recording in through that's what the morphogene is benefiting of Uh, you can kind of warp in and out of digital analog really get hands-on with uh, a lot of just you're just sending sending electrical voltages that's all that board is it's about 200 and something cables plugged in to move one signal to another plus or minus five plus or minus 12 plus or minus 10 you know how when you stick a um you have a a guitar cable and right before you put it in the amp right when you barely touch it it goes yeah that's basically 
am I, if I'm wrong, if I'm right or wrong, that's what he's got here, which is a synthesizer, and, it, and it's able to basically capture all of those different types of sounds that come from audio, like interference, basically, like just every yeah. waveform. So, in in a set, uh, a, a previous sound bath I've done, I've actually pulled a cable out and literally like stuck it on my arm to like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And like so, it's all electrical signal. Like we have it in us. It's just completing circuits, right? So, uh, and like having that aspect of like natural and being able to to change it around uh, is really like something that I zone out to in my studio. So being able to share that, like I feel, has really been able to uh, help me help a lot of people help me helping a lot of people <laughs> mm-hmm. you know we can uh, put put that comma where it needs to go several different ways but uh it, it is something that i've really as the trap dj back in the day uh have really <laughs> kind of taking a real love and liking to uh and something that i feel like i can really share uh, my ideas and like really kind of what uh beyond emotion but uh you know just some some new kind of uh energy uh what got you into uh that artistry like into like how did you find that and learn to love it and make it your own uh so i mean that's modular first like to me anyway uh like it's very hard. Like, as soon as I turn that off, I'll never be able to get any of that back. Like, the cables are all there, but, like, the overall, like, manipulation or um, the exact, uh, like, sequence that I have, unless I save it, which I can very well save, and I have sh- shows and sets and playlists put together in modular um, that help. Um, but, uh, I still keep it very open format, very, uh, improv. Like I've, I've, I've really figured out that, uh, I like to just improv, imp- improvise, you know? Uh, so just, uh, starting out, you kind of figure out very quickly that you, you're going to make, you have to make it your own. Uh, and then... Uh, of of modular and then uh, once you kind of get into the case and you start growing and your investment becomes more uh, you I try to figure out what to do with it uh, so being the DJ I'm like trying to make music with it I want to I want to take this around places and uh, so the computer was really not my best friend at the time uh, I'd pretty much been on quote-unquote writer's block for the last two years before that so no music being made you know just not a good time (laughs) what do you man what do you define as a writer's block and what it like because i find my own versions of it and i could explain my own versions but it's like what do you think happens to you when that happens writer's block uh so it's it 
honestly it stems from not performing and not like not having the outlet to like generate new ideas being stuck in one uh, environment or one place uh be it on my own accord or for outside sources you know whatever every everything happens for a reason you know um but uh i found that like once i started uh actually playing so like doing all the after parties in new orleans mm-hmm. and you know like just making making shit happen you know yeah, you like, would literally drive from houston six hours to play an after party that you know there was no guarantee yeah. or anything no guarantee just, just people there yeah le- le- yeah let alone no no money you yeah. know but like no guarantee of people being yeah. there it's like yo charlie uh I know you're going to put me where you need to, and <laughs> I'm on the way, bye. <laughs> yeah, bro. And so many good parties afterwards. Yeah, and so, like, once I figured that out, it's like, okay, like, this is my asset, and I know, like, seeing everybody else bringing to that, you know, mm-hmm. like, that is really what opened that. Yeah, or like finding, it. finding your community, you know, and, like, finding where people will, you know, want to it's it's like when you when you hear other people or see other people appreciating what you do it's like it makes it all worth it yeah that and like it it it's the cre or continuative creative process right mm-hmm. so like you are sitting there doing all of all of your projects right but mm-hmm. then at the same time that'll trigger a one-off rhythm or a one-off baseline that like it might have stemmed from yours but it's nowhere near what you're doing mm-hmm. like we're in two completely different projects at sound bath and Iceman wise or whatever the case may be yeah but uh and so like just having that gear going like i do a weekly drum circle just for an outlet to mm-hmm. go Gotta jam get fix. yeah and uh like i'll bring that back with a whole new rhythm in the studio that like i never would have thought of like earlier we were out here doing like the the kind of african drummy stuff that was like six loops on top of each other that is all just straight traditional african polyrhythm stuff Mm -hmm. that we do every month in austin at for the last six months so like having all of that just kind of not necessarily ingrained, but coming back in, like, you can just always quick reference it, especially, like, improv uh, and, like, not yeah. having to, like, dig in a menu mm-hmm. and, like, really I found in a studio time having it not necessarily um, locked down or, or itemized and timeline, but having those, like, 15 minutes I'm doing social media. Mm-hmm. 15 minutes I'm doing my or 30 minutes usually yeah. 30 minutes to an so, hour I'm doing a warm up you know having the discipline and like being able to lock down like not so much if you don't use it you lose it but if you don't use it then you just you stop not, doing yeah, it yeah you're not going to get it yeah. back and just, and like having the tools there available when you have the time to use it in my case that's been the biggest hardest thing to figure out and the biggest eye opener at the same time is like man if I have everything set up in the studio, turn switch, 
the ideas it might take yeah. a little bit that night you're if on it's space, a rough day but you're on yeah. space when you can just hit the switch and you're in in there exactly and like record yeah that's it, taking, taking me a minute to get to man just being back and forth from you know here and new orleans and just finding a, a space but you know finally i've, I've, I've kind of got my a little a little nook right in new orleans <laughs> hey. <clears throat> oh my bad uh creative uh Writer's block is a big thing too, even uh, on my spectrum on the end, because like when it comes to podcasts, and you try not to be like the general crowd, you know what I'm saying? But you got to follow in a little bit sense. But sometimes you're like, what can I talk about that other people ain't already discussed? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Or what they're doing, and you try not to fall in the rhythm and all this, that, and the other. And uh, yeah, especially since Kobe's been gone for a while now, and like with Terrence exiting last year, you know, it's, uh, shout out to everybody that's been on and all the guests and stuff. But Riders Block comes in too because I'm like, I want to talk about something, but I don't want to talk about what other people talk about mm-hmm. too. But you know, and yeah, it. But the greatest thing is that I have such a community which is built a lot around the void and y'all and it's growing and getting better and a lot of things that i learned is i gotta step step out of the comfort zone and go and do you know what i'm saying like yeah. going up to Alec <laughs> and doing that interview i gotta gotta push more and push it further you know what i'm saying yep yeah that's definitely uh the biggest thing i've noticed like moving from Lake Charles, you know, all the New Orleans roots, all that, and, like, going to Houston, now I'm still pretty much playing in New Orleans mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, you know. The 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 want and the drive is different in, in Houston, for sure. Uh, different market, but uh, it you, you just got to get out there, you know. And, like, personally, being in a club, five nights out of the week just trying to grind and like rub an elbow i'm i've done it like i've been there done that it, it works and it doesn't but like i ain't trying i got other stuff i'm trying to do like make music instead of just like be the guy you know so it's been interesting to like have to like really i have to go do this like if i don't do this it's i don't yeah, I don't get the FaceTime depression. So. <laughs> well, that that too, right? You know, cra- crazy ideas, not ideas, not thoughts, not crazy thoughts. Well, I know I know I've asked Chuck this before, but have y'all ever like say? I know you you say you travel from uh, Texas to New Orleans to play a show. It's no guarantee. There's no coverage or anything. <laughs> you, you get there right, and you do all this stuff, and you have all your you know everything's and you're just banging it out it sounds great and there's like a couple people out there oh yeah you know what i'm saying it's like i put in so much work and then i mean that's so yeah you do it uh because you love it right like um that's i i have never really done it for money uh it 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 has gotten to a point unfortunately where it's a business you know you really have to manage that aspect of it um but um the main thing is i'm i'm just trying to share my art you know i'm trying to share my energy and finding that 
outlet or that avenue uh, really kind of like just makes it its own thing to where like when you start to force it, it's that's really where things do does start to go haywire. And yeah, and that shit balances out too, man. Like you give and take. You know, if you give enough and you, and you put yourself out there in enough of those positions where maybe there is two or three people in there, but the chances are two or three or one or one of those two or three people are the person that threw that party and they're going to keep throwing parties and they know people and they're like, hey, this dude came and threw down for three of us and did a great job. And then, boom, that sets you up for a gig that's playing, you know, for thousands of people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's just... It's always it's about always having your your toes in the in the in the in the water, you know. Right, like moms, right? Like yeah, exactly. straight up. Like I'm from Houston and am playing crew of moms again. Like I played it in Mardi Gras and I'm playing in. I'll show you a video of what like, he's talking about, bro. It is ridiculous. It's the coolest shit I've ever seen. What is it called? <laughs> it's probably the coolest DJ gig you can get, bro. <laughs> well, what, Pretty what, much. Was it the, the mom's, mom's ball Mom. in New Orleans? One of the biggest, um, you know, like underground Mardi Gras balls ever. Pretty much like Started the biggest in, costume party in America. Yeah. Like, crazy old historical background like Mm -hmm. i was when i was asked i was like super honored like are you like fucking kidding me like i'm not a local i'm not you're you're sure right like and plenty of like just straight opportunity you know shout out crew of moms Mm -hmm. like takes care of all their people always uh, so Iceman was before, had some minor technical difficulties, crew of moms on the ball, as usual, knocking everything out, uh, and got got the show back on the road, and then next thing you know, uh, we're under city ordinance, have to close down at two, and get, get the call for the extra innings, end up doing a four-hour set downtown New Orleans, uh mardi gras whatever night in a row it was so it was definitely a blessing and uh look forward to all the uh many many hours spent in with crew of moms to come so hey you gotta send me that picture yeah that tickled pink boy <laughs> yeah you gotta send me that picture where i can post about it <laughs> yeah we definitely uh get you get yeah, you use get that you as the me. as the the thumbnail for this episode <laughs> yeah at one point donnie was like backstage just filming and i'm like up on stage just like pelvic thrusting the whole my whole rig is like in my hand just like yeah <laughs> putting in that pt bro <laughs> by the way in like fish nets in like a running short that's it <laughs> the button just broke on my shorts speaking of there's too much barbecue today <laughs> Dude, that was some on-point barbecue for sure. Thanks. But my <laughs> shorts just broke. This sucks. <laughs> so what's the other Rillo set going to be like? So Not the sound bath. Other Rillo set. Other Rillo set. The modular uh, jam? The uh yeah other official you know artists at large so you gonna be bopping around town there's gonna be a probably a little tootie town setup uh so who knows what's gonna go down there uh, but 
the Revenge of the Synth. Uh, that's going to be going down in the warehouse Friday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure what time offhand. Would definitely figure that one out. Uh, the it's going to be a crazy modular jam. Uh, not even modular. Uh, full blown. MIDI clocks, we're all synced in. Uh, I'll have probably my percussion rack mic'd up. Um, obviously, my modular. Uh, Cliff Hines will be there uh, with his full rig. Uh, Twain's, um, the other artist as well, uh, will be there uh, with his full synthesizer rig. Uh, he does a lot of visual um, sync as well. And I think Xander will be joining us for a lot of visual uh, aspects. Uh, so everything should be at least some kind of time synced uh, as far as visuals go. So kind of what you see is what you hear is what you feel type aspects. Uh, we got a little group chat going right now of some 360 sound potentially. Mm-hmm. Looks like I'll have the mixer for it already here. So if we can get about a few speakers, we'll probably make that happen at some point. Yeah, I think we can find a few speakers. I think there's a couple. Um, but so it's it's really going to be something that uh, hasn't happened here. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to uh, see what that warehouse can handle. Uh, so you're saying 360 sound. Can you um, describe that for... So 360 sound. Um, you have different levels of surround sound or stereophonic sound. Uh, most stages at a festival or venue, bar, wherever, uh, are going to be set up, uh, hopefully, in a stereo left-right. Uh, so what you see on your left-hand side is what you hear coming out of the left and what you see on the right hand side will be what's coming out of the right. The audio engineer will mix accordingly. Um, in a 360 or uh, quadraphonic plus, so quad meaning four uh, or more, uh, you can get up to, I think we can handle 16 surround satellite speakers all the way around wow. uh, so it's essentially like what you can get in your living room when you're watching like you're at your home theater but this is at a stage at a festival uh, yeah so highly engineered to yeah. be an, an audio experience mm-hmm. uh i know when i run my quadraphonic sets uh solo uh i have a literal joystick that i can send one sound to the across x y and like really yeah like we'll just do circles all around you (laughs) uh so um that's one aspect that i'll be bringing into the 360 field uh i know the other two guys do a lot of 360 uh and just overall like 4d uh 3d stereophonic type um artistry to, to, to being in with there um, but I know Xander was sending me like a, uh, a hexaphonic studio the other day um, so six different speakers all set up all around and like he sent me the pan all 
six at once and like the full studio and everything. Hexaphonics. I'm pretty sure uh, I took I did that when I was a kid to learn how to read. Ain't that Delta Phonics? <laughs> <laughs> I heard they pretty good too. Hooked on phonics is what I was referring to. <laughs> uh, Sorry. The Rosetta Stone. <laughs> So do you have anything uh, that you're looking forward to before Fed or, or that you're planning on releasing or anything? Do you have uh, some music that you're putting out? So I've been in the middle of a techno EP, uh, way left wing of everything. Uh, I have um, about three out of five tracks pretty much recorded and just some minor arrangement. Uh been talking with some people out in New Orleans about doing some releases out there uh, under a label with them. Uh, so I'm waiting for some more technical details for that can be released. But uh, definitely we'll be shouting everything out when, uh, when everything is available. Uh, also, uh, I actually have a techno radio set coming out in the next month or so if i'm not mistaken uh over in croatia uh so i was reached out to uh dj nodalar i think is the proper uh name shout out either way <laughs> uh reached out on instagram hey man i'm i'm running a techno radio show in uh, croatia you want you want to send me a mix is it nodular uh might be <laughs> i don't know maybe <laughs> is it spelled like that yeah okay nodular i would say that that's probably what it is maybe but i can see how you'd be like oh this got to be a croatian word. yeah i was like <laughs> where's the where's the dots <laughs> but uh yeah so i mean he's got a pretty pretty badass show going on so i've been to Croatia before <laughs> Yeah, it uh, it is a vibe I've heard. So if that is uh, an outlet I'm I'm trying to uh, pursue, go down. We'll see see what happens. But cool. So what's the techno EP um, called? You calling it something? Techno EP. That's what you said. Um, no, nothing, nothing named yet. That's just the the folder in <laughs> Technope. <laughs> Technope. <laughs> But yeah, the uh, the folder is the uh, the techno EP. So we got nice. EP one, EP two, EP three, EP four, and then five is there. But it might not. So what do you what do you usually release um, music on? So generally, it's been years. Warning, preface, pre preface, preface, everything. Uh, so I have not released anything recorded. Uh, I think I put a sound bath up on SoundCloud. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, like you, but you do so many like live video streams and stuff like that. Dude. Yeah. Like so, like, you, you. I mean, I'm not. The saying. main main thing is gonna be Instagram. Yeah. Uh, that's really kind of been my outlet as far as like the social media, all that. Mm -hmm. uh, SoundCloud uh, is like for longer mixes, so you'll find pretty much all of my historic void sets on SoundCloud. I think I have every single voice set on my soundcloud mm -hmm. um and then uh that carnival 
uh, show is on there. I think a mall show is on there. It's just old Rillo radio shows, DJ nice. sets, things like that. Uh, so I might be taking a different turn as far as like depending on how things need to be released. Uh, I think it's definitely becoming a crossroads of like what is Rillo Techno? What is Rillo Sound Bath? What is Rillo this? Yeah. What is Rillo that? So like I I I am me. I do it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I try to do as much as I can. I should say. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like it's becoming a need to like this is this project and mm-hmm. this is that project. Uh, yeah. So uh, having time to like figure that out and like knowing what I know now in like the ten plus or twelve years and on top of just music for mm-hmm. the life, but of industry, uh like I'm wanting to like start a new project or a new name or whatever. Like I'm still Rillo, but this sound bath project would be something different or yeah. like this techno project obviously is nowhere related to sound bath. Mm-hmm. Uh so like Figuring how, how that properly needs to be yeah, divided up. Or executed, you know. Exactly. Because, like, you know, you do have a name for yourself under Rillo. It's just, um, I can I can see what you're saying about, like, having... But from, from an experience of a person who has, like, side projects and have name, it's just, it's honestly, especially since you're doing all these yourself, then it's, I would say it's probably best to just stay Rillo and like release these things under as like albums. Yeah. You know, like you can, I mean, fuck. Yeah. Like, and like, you know, the sound bath album or, you know, the techno album and it's just all Rillo where you can dive into these things like that. It's just, I don't know, just coming from experiences, it's a lot of work to, you know, and not, and part of the reason why, you know, you have to have side projects as a musician is because you play with other people, exactly. you know, and you yeah. have projects with other people that you have friendships with and it's awesome, you know, but in order to take uh, a, one of those projects to the next level, you need the, the devoted, um, you know, the devotedness from the other the other members and you know it just you know a, a side project is a side project you know if it's essentially and um you know not to say that there's not opportunity for any of them to just you know pop or whatever but yeah um no essentially i've i've it's it's come down to like three main like you can choose the dj path you can mm-hmm. choose the live techno path or you can do the sound bath deal, yeah right so like but yeah it's like i mean to me, it's like if you're doing all those things yourself, and it's just you, and there's no sense in calling it anything else, in my opinion. That's that's the way I've been going, right? Like this is me yeah. doing this. This is yeah. me doing this. So. Or even you, you could even like create another alias under Rillo for each of those things. Yeah, like <laughs> Rillo presents. Ah, uh, yeah, that'd be <laughs> uh, that'd definitely be something. To I don't think know. About. Yeah, man. But because like that's that's another thing I learned, right? Like to do that mom's ball set, mm-hmm. like I'm I have to have an audio engineer. Like I had six outputs going to front of house with six or seven different aspects of that, you know. Yeah. Uh, so like having somebody and a team mm-hmm. that yeah, like yeah. actually knows like how to support you and what you need, like as a real musician like on stage yeah. not like to like not showing up with decks or our usb yeah exactly like like we're we're 
a little bit beyond all that now yeah, you know no, you're and, you're an instrumentalist you know multi-instrumentalist yeah and like when getting booked for a dj set you know quote unquote uh it like min- most people just okay here's your table and, and you're done you <laughs> yeah. know it's like uh, <laughs> we're out of room <laughs> did, buddy did you say, did like, you say guilty <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no i'm like brillo shows up to some of my parties i'm like dude this is a tv stand like i got two tv stands uh, a coffee table and a um, and a bar we're gonna make it work <laughs> <laughs> if not i got a drill in my truck <laughs> Do do y'all have like a like y'all's like like key story where y'all like connected? Mm, I guess it was, it was probably just Lake Charles uh, shenanigans yeah, or first. Always, always the Lake Charles stuff. Um, coming would, out it'd here, be interesting to know the first uh, show that we got booked on together. It was probably um, not OBs or so. I know like as the story goes. Uh, <laughs> Compare. This is what y'all said on stage, anyway. Uh, so I worked Luna Live. I think it was like a Chuck Fest or some kind of mini festival. The back room, oh, yeah. first ever Iceman playing together live. Oh, I was okay. doing lights for that show. Okay, yes, that's okay. That's where I, I know you from. Yeah. you were doing lights when I first met you. Yeah, so I was yeah. like what and like i knew i knew hunter you know hunter was doing all all of the uh kind of some promotion stuff in town hr media you know all that and uh so like i see him come up and i'm like what the fuck hunter and uh sure enough yeah the first ice man show what a shit show uh, well if it's still kind of rock like compared to some of the stuff going on in the back room for sure like (laughs) i was like god this is this is rough back here guys like it was like a fourth of july or no star spangled banner I don't remember. I don't think it was on nine eleven. I don't it? remember what it was. But <laughs> Surely not. <laughs> what? Yeah, no, it was it was some kind of you know good old Chuck Fest thing and or Chuck uh, Lake Charles thing, excuse me, and uh, a good old homegrown. Everybody come and play, and uh, I'm I'm stuck running like lights in the back room and uh, crushing it. Yeah. <laughs> trying to and uh then hunter comes up this is the first time we ever played <laughs> it's like god damn it hunter what the hell we what what is this no and i went and did and i don't i hadn't been normally doing playing bass at the time <laughs> so i showed up and then hunter's like oh yeah this is another dude uh that plays bass he's gonna play with us too <laughs> 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 oh my God. Yeah, nice. Yeah, this is this is all new to me. So I'm so, like, okay. So you so are double basing? Yeah, and we made it work. That was hilarious. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? And like, it ended up pretty damn good. I was like, all right, like this is working. Like I can actually run lights to this now. Like I generally bust. So improv. I'm an improv guy. I run lights what what the band gives me right if we you want more we energy gonna, we thought we were gonna be a funk band when we first started <laughs> I, yeah and i mean just, i still like classify y'all mainly as funk and then like I all guess, the, the new stuff too, we, is like too cosmic you know but <laughs> <laughs> i don't know man it takes a lot to be as funky as some of the funk funk Tears, you know that, that's the truth i mean y'all y'all living up a lot over there so 
but um, we give it our best. Hey, it uh, it works. <laughs> it's cool about New Orleans, though. You know, you, there's so many. You know, you go to New Orleans to to get your chops. You know, like to learn how to to learn how to Dude, gig. You know, you, you definitely sh- don't go to make money. I mean, straight up. That was like just. Drive, that's why I drove. That's why I still drive straight to New Orleans. Like uh, five hours, six hours from the house. Let's go. And if I need to drive back in the morning, okay. But the the energy over there is like nothing else. the The lessons learnt there is like nothing else. The life lessons learnt there is like yeah. nothing else. Uh, I call it getting nolad. So, and as a gigging musician, you just see these just old older cats that are just doing rushing, it. bro. You know, and like doing but just it. that's their job. You know, yeah, they do it. They they show up to their gigs. You know, they got their regular gigs, but they're just monsters on the yeah they on mm, the instruments, bro. It's literally like ingrained into them. Like they can't not turn it off. Like the feel or the funk, like yeah, there is like a um, a definite definite uh, lacking of of an an alternate scene in New Orleans, though. If you don't, I mean, if you know what I mean, like a there will always be like funk, jazz, blues, you know, New Orleans music, you know, and like and they have their like their their metal scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm about to say down is from New Orleans, which is a combination of a whole bunch of different mm-hmm. like big time artists and different bands. I got to see them in the uh Smoothie King Arena and uh Yeah, there's a there's a small metal scene down there. It's just um it's like there's not much for like psych rock and 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 psychedelic music. There's a lot of people that put psychedelic on their the name of their of their um genre, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. And that's why I'm I've almost like kind of tried to like steer away from it you know just personally yeah because it's just i think it become a term that's been overused yeah um, no i definitely like like the whole shaman thing and sound of shaman and all that like it's it's kind of very similar to that i feel to where like you see psychedelic on any kind of flyer or poster and like you expect yeah. this kind of show or just a guitar with reverb yeah 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 straight up and it's like you know we've been guilty of that before it's like but it's coming to a realization that you know that overusing a term actually takes away from the 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 meaning of a term in general you know and the the specialness to it yeah definitely i definitely feel that like uh it should almost be spiritual, you know, like yeah. kind of keeping keeping everything to where it should be. So yeah, because it's a real thing, man. It's a real thing. So I got a question, Chuck. You got that lineup for the Zen Den for Pet Devoid twenty twenty two? I do. Uh, if y'all haven't uh, checked it out, uh, make sure y'all go check out the website at five thousand w's dot thirdcoastpodcast dot com on all major streaming platforms. TikTok, Instagram, and shout out to the TCP Horde uh, Facebook group. Uh, we have 158 members as of now. Dang. Chuck uh, don't like the air horn, so it's in it's in reserve right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I brought it back uh, a couple episodes back, and I, uh, I, I, y'all need to check it out. I forget. I think it's the one with. Uh, it was the one me and you did uh, in the shed, and uh, who was there? Fuck, uh, brain fart. Uh, Jared. Jared. Shout out Jared. He was there, and uh, I fucking I hit the air horn like real early in the show, and Chuck's <laughs> yeah, like, 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 oh, seconds in. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck's like, oh no, the air horn's back. I was like, he's made his triumphant return. I, like, oh. I know now that, that I'm out of here. That, 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 <laughs> that's that. Uh, it must trigger that sound. Like Chuck don't like that. It don't oh, give his ears man. the good feelings. It is. It I'm, is kind of loud. The, the, Turn the, your headphone down. The, um, the trigger buttons are, are growing on me, man. I don't know. <laughs> it's do it's that. A definitely an art to him. You it, know, it's the bill coming out. <laughs> See, I'm a man of life tradition. <laughs> integrity. <laughs> Just a little integrity. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of, did y'all see that South Park 24, 25th mm-hmm. Red Rocks thing? Claypool. Dude, mind-blowing. Yeah. I haven't watched the full episode. I, I haven't. I get stuck in the first, like... 30 minutes of Claypool. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. Just what, like, in the breakdown that he does, just, just in Claypool. talking. Yeah, just talking. Like, <laughs> dude, what? How is this in time? Like, how is this in harmony? Like, <laughs> he's the Willy Wonka of bass. Literally, straight up. Like, genius. So, speaking of, um, I am trying to uh, con a good friend of mine in. Uh, Trip Wamsley might be making an appearance uh second half of the sound bath. We um uh, essentially have been talking uh I've had him out on a couple sound baths in the past to where he's just shredding on fretless bass mm. like a harmonic genius like nothing else to begin with, but uh then just exploring what i am but on on different on a whole different level you know uh so i'm trying to see if he'll be able to make some time to come out for us yeah i would love to hear that i love Uh, fretless yeah he is like a trombone yeah trippy trombone yeah and um he's he is in tune with it so what's his name again Trip Wamsley. Trip Wamsley. Yeah. So he was a uh, LC guy, uh, lives in Sulphur. Uh, so I was down doing a, a studio got a cool name. With, yeah. Cool dude, man. Uh, did about, mm, I think we did four hours in the studio last night. Wow. Uh, yeah. Like at one point we did a 70 minute, just straight Ableton recording, like all multi-tracked out. That's what I'm like, saying, man. You got to drop that, bro. Yeah, like just looked up at each other and we're like, eh, "We, we I got to go to the bathroom." <laughs> Lost in the sauce. This is yeah. This was like literally lock. Take the lock, lock it, and throw the key of how locked it became. So, yeah. um, the only other studio session I've had like that was the with the old pizza man himself. Straight musical slavery over here, bro. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> no, that's that's the modular man. You just get lost, and it's it's its own beast. And you kind of just got to guide the ship, let it do its thing, 
everybody hops in and like seeing that aspect of like how uh how it can be the glue and like be the the base of the pyramid or you know uh i'll go in on on the uh pizza fam nights on uh at dmax on thursdays and uh literally like just bring the random bleeps and bloops in and like be like ah this is nothing like nobody can hear this and Mm -hmm. turn off like bring levels down and like you see people like looking around like dude something just changed (laughs) like i don't know what changed but something just changed and so like seeing how that reacts and like good good old new orleans school right like Mm -hmm. just seeing what a crowd will take to seeing how that energy will transform um and it's interesting that you say that new orleans isn't that alternative culture or that doesn't have the alternative scene definitely the alternative culture but well uh, it almost seems like it's divided in a way um between an age um gap in a way yeah. i don't know it's it's such a small city it's hard to really do gauge what's really going on um and where it's it can it can seem super clicky in a way yeah um, so i'm i'm definitely an outsider right like yeah. and so i've tried since cool 2013 to get into new orleans essentially right like yeah. the good old music grind and uh you know, finally becoming friends with everybody over there, you kind of you know find out local scenes and you do yeah. do the real. Because I'm I'm just interested to know where where some modular synth jams are going on in New Orleans. Because I know they have like <sighs> they have like you know the Republic where they you know they throw awesome dubstep shows yeah. and, and a lot of electronic music is is um, kind of around that area. And then you know Buku just canceled Mm -hmm. um so it's kind of like yeah where it's that whole scene is it needs some more uh grit to it or or bulk substance yeah yeah yeah. yeah. content content (laughs) yeah exactly needs needs an outlet right so Mm -hmm. yeah that no that's interesting because like i've always looked to new orleans as like that inspiration like yeah like i need to go to 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 church you know yeah, back when church, church was a thing right like and uh and unicorn forker was like just going ham every weekend booking these crazy people coming through yeah and uh you know like that was like to go play church was like the number one goal like yeah i'm dude that was it's a such a good party yeah and uh i I did shout out Eric straight up man uh I never was booked for church uh he booked Casey uh mm-hmm. so at the time paused to cat but now Trigum like blowing yeah. it up Trigum oh, yeah. uh so like I was uh you know one one of the boys in tow in on that trip but uh you know luckily was able to like get the base church experience like yeah sat in with it with casey just like watched him play his whole set i was like dude this this is it man i'd come over uh we drive over and like try to get in on like open decks from Mm -hmm. like charles like driving three hours to make it and all that kind of stuff and uh yeah where's that dude been bro casey's um killing it huh 
straight killing it, man. And uh, I mentioned earlier, fucking Ross Louder yeah. playing Boiler Room next month, dude. What? Yes. Dude. Like, what Shout the out to fuck? Boss Ross Louder, bro. That's fucking straight awesome, dude. Up. Like, oh, I saw that. I was dude. Like, yeah. He's been doing Terminal up yeah, there. Yeah, nah, he deserves it, man. He's 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 such a talented dude, man. Yeah, yeah. No. And such a down-to-earth cat, man. Exactly. So, like, when, when we separated you know uh, we didn't part ways or anything we just moved apart and definitely uh had different ideas for projects and uh seeing his idea and like where he take it took it and take it takes it is uh he's he's blowing it up man yeah. so i think he went out to nashville right and, yeah um, yeah he's up in nashville the terminal eight i think is how it's pronounced something like that nice. everything social media so who knows how all this is right uh it said anyway but yeah. uh no uh marketing on point media on point content on point parties on point yeah i hear like, he's been doing this um this digital art um like motion picture type thing um yeah, so he graduated for, you know, mixed media. We want to do some collabs that. with him with Iceman. And, uh, yeah, he was doing all of our visuals for the longest time. Uh, in fact, after we separated the project, I was still doing all of my visual art through him. Uh, any kind of uh, KBYS radio gig, it was all visually done through him. Uh, like, he's got roots, like very very deep visually throughout all of void you know all that so uh it's it's been interesting to see how everything kind of just starts to merge out into the into the world casey too right going yeah. going back to him blowing it up in arkansas um, That's where he's been in, blowing up. Uh, so he's living up in Bentonville now. Uh, I'm, I've talked to him every every now and then, but uh, we both so busy, you know. Yeah, we have to reach out. Um, but he uh, he's with Spicy Boys. Uh, I think he yeah. just released another album, EP or album. Um, but just stupid heady stuff, man. He. Uh, so when I was first getting into modular, Casey, uh, I reached out to him. Like I knew he had some modular stuff. That's how he. That's his production process, and uh, just like the sheer grit analog sounds, and then he just records it and manipulates it in Ableton, and uh, which he's a genius at. <laughs> The Ableton classes I used to get from him were amazing, and he didn't even know it. So, <laughs> but uh, the uh, his like just straight mind bender shit is mm -hmm. is really he's he's been getting on it. So, and the Spicy Boys are all all on it. So, yeah, bro. What about you, Spicy Boy? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, uh, fucking Rillo's killing it. Fucking, I appreciate you joining the show, Will. Sorry. <laughs> no, dude. Don't no, apologize. No, we're, we're rocking and rolling. Great content. Oh, yes. Always. All the content. So, since we're late in this episode, Will. Do you do you have this one conspiracy that you do believe in? <laughs> like 
to the T? Mm. Or do you have any weird thoughts about oh, anything? I mean, to to the T, yeah, I guess. Uh, and it kind of goes with the theme, if you will. Uh, so my conspiracy I made up myself anyway is, and I swear it's the dang truth, uh, there is something that will happen to you every time you go to New Orleans, and it is only specifically included to something with New Orleans, and I call it getting NOLA'd, <laughs> and it's something that will damn happen every time you go. You don't know it, but it will. So that, like, random ticket that you didn't know about, or that random gig that you got gypped out on or that random asshole that was screaming at you and put you in the mad mood you know all the random shit that doesn't happen anywhere else only happens new orleans is getting old <laughs> because it only happens in new orleans so that's my conspiracy like you go to New Orleans and something happens to you and you get nolid and you become a better person for it, but you learn. <laughs> it's not always a good thing. It's not always a good thing. Can it's not be. always a bad thing. It's not always a good thing. <coughs> it's just getting nolid, right? I don't I guess it could be it could be the worst day of your life. Like yeah. you could get in a bad accident in get New Orleans. Or get, you know. It, it, it very well could happen in New Orleans. Robbed by a prostitute. Or, Definitely uh, could happen in New Orleans. Underestimate the traffic in New Orleans for a Saints football game and miss the whole first quarter of your first game. <laughs> Tragedy. Yeah. Or underestimate, underestimate Mardi Gras traffic and miss sound check for mom's ball, you know? <laughs> there you go. Getting Nolan. So, so you miss sound check, so when you did... When you did your set, you just went just straight into it. Oh, it was it was a process. Uh, it, I missed load in. We had oh, sound check. Crazy, but, uh, dude. There's no way that you could have done sound check and no, they with your yeah, setup. They bro. were expecting they were expecting a DJ and yeah. like wires got crossed. And uh, sh- once again, shout out crew of moms for just like rolling with the punches and making shit happen, right? Um, but it takes a real crew for like to pop a show off like that and like it it was definitely not just me on stage to pull that many people for that long like yeah mostly like for what Rillo sets up is something that you would ideally set up in the morning and just have yeah you ready just have to on, go. in the corner yeah right? but or, you know it's it's on specific spot you know whereas this was a stage that was, you know, a bunch of different acts were on it. So, but but Will was last, so he, you know, like we had to clear the stage and and then do his whole setup, you know, in under what twenty minutes, oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. So it was like a sound check into the first set, into the Iceman set. So it was uh, who was who was first set. I want to shout him out. And I can't remember him. Corks. Yes, Corks fucking killed it. Thank then you. there were some power issues. And then Corks came back and killed it. Yeah. And then there were some more power issues. And then Iceman yeah. started and started killing it. And then power issues. packed a fucking house. And then the power issues started. Uh, come to find out a couple vans found the plugs that they weren't supposed to. Uh, but definitely, like, it's... 
just stupid energy in New Orleans. So everybody is just hungry for for the party always. And uh, so just stuck around, waited for the power to come back on, and it happened. <laughs> it was wild. Yeah, I mean, I think that tent was capacitied for like twenty five hundred. 15 to 2,500, and it was, it was over, Everybody over, in there slammed over, in a crazy overflown. costume. Yeah, I mean, and it's tickled pink was the last theme. So, like, you saw what I was wearing. And, yeah. like, uh, that's conservative. Like, <laughs> I knew I was going to be on stage away from people. So, like, they're, they go hard out there. Like, 89-year-olds to 18-year-olds. Like... Yeah, this is definitely the most diverse group I've played for. Biggest diverse group I've played for. Um, the pool is probably... The the, the LaBerge pool sets are probably the most diverse, but uh, the overall, like, just atmosphere of... Yeah, dude, you remember when I popped up on you? Yeah. Straight up, like, w- sitting there slaving around the weekends at the casinos, making a little bit of cash, and fucking... See the boys walk up like that was crazy. God What's the damn name of that it. place? The, um, that was LaBerge. Uh, in the lounge area. Though. Yeah, the the adult pool. So what, uh, it, it wasn't a pool. Mm-hmm. I was playing the adult pool. I thought you were upstairs or, in like the the. It was in the casino floor, like so the lounge area. The uh, it's like the ballers lounge or something. <laughs> the Friday night uh, we do. What's the, I forget what Jack Daniels Club or whatever. So it's two hours in the club, mm. and then seven hours on Saturday at the pool. Maybe I guess it was the adult seven, pool. Seven hours on there. Sunday at the pool. So it's yep. a long weekends, but they fun. You learn learn a lot. And they're playing Return of the Mac. <laughs> yeah. So you straight up just see the boys walk in and. You know it's going to be a good day when you're DJing and the Iceman is your audience. <laughs> <laughs> I was in there losing money. Just happened to cross a Rillo. Hey, uh, that's an easy thing to do in the casinos, lose money. Yeah. That's why I stay on the outside of those. Yeah, I, le- I learned that uh, hard truth. You can't You can't go gamble if you're broke. <laughs> if you have money, you can go gamble. <laughs> if you're broke, you don't need to go gamble. Because yeah. you you just be sitting there hoping that you win a hundred dollars or a hundred and fifty dollars right. off ten or five or <laughs> twenty, and it don't happen that way. Yeah, gambling's for people that have money to lose. And if you have a gambling addiction, uh, addiction, there's uh, help out there. Just seek it. It's real. <laughs> That's a new one. <laughs> I've been saving, been that, saving one. that one <laughs> straight up. Uh, that was like five o'clock news. And we're back. Might need that sample. <laughs> well, boys, I, I still can't. I'm still trying to wrap my head around Will being a fucking a, a fucking radio DJ. That shit's so fucking cool. Yeah, 88.3 KBYS After Dark. (laughs) Lake Charles. Lake Charles in the building. Everybody locked in. All right, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, bro. Probably go back and find some old recordings of that. Yeah, there's definitely plenty in, in, in the drives. And there's actually probably several on SoundCloud. Two hour mixes for sure. Nice. And some guests. So. 
If you're if you're getting a hunger of listening to old decent DJ sets, go check out some uh, Rillo official SoundCloud at Rillo official SoundCloud. And at our production company, Decent DJs. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's been interesting. Been a wild ride. Yeah, That's man. for damn sure. I sure appreci- appreciate it being your friend, man. Definitely. Mutually. Scientifically, man. It's cool <laughs> to explore the sound space. I think that um, music is, is the language of the gods, you know? And... Um, there's a reason why electricity and oscillators are flowing through all of us, you know, it's because right. it's the universal language. Yeah, there's sine waves going right now. Right now. Right now in the background. Yeah, the highway. Straight up. But, no, uh, universal language, exactly. I uh, I see it every Wednesday night. We have downtown houston drum circle every wednesday and like i got guys coming up to me that can't even speak english that we have full conversations through percussion through music through whatever and like you don't have to understand each other to make that connection Mm -hmm. and like being able to share that with somebody who's like wanting to receive it but maybe not like can communicate back you know Mm -hmm. that that's part of that sound bath that is Mm -hmm. part of that like here you go this is like me wanting to connect that with you so music is something that you can feel you don't even you know have to hear you can feel it it's a crazy thing always and then y'all need to go buy tickets because fed the void 2022 is going to be a masterpiece and if y'all miss it that's on y'all because this is something that's glorious that happens in central louisiana the best state in the country the boot absolutely (laughs) i'll stand behind that but uh y'all can uh i'll support it (laughs) go buy uh, tickets and check out the website uh www.fettheboy.com and we can't wait to see all y'all's lovely faces here this year it's going to be great and we are in the zen den right now with yeah, Chuck say, and Will man this is great we've done um we've done a few episodes in different parts of the property I think the only thing we haven't done and now that the weather's getting good I would like to do one just like in the middle of the main field mm-hmm. <laughs> like on top of the graffiti wall or whatever that'd be cool just like somewhere super remote since you got the battery yeah, the uh, we'll do the pa- next. Oh, we're powered by solar power. Yeah, we'll do the next full moon. E powered. That'd be cool. We set up on the beach for the full moon. So we uh, we did an episode on Avon's. Uh, shout out Alex for that uh, joining us on that episode. Uh, we did an episode on El Barrio Say. Shout out Donnie mm-hmm. for joining us nice. on that one. And then now we're in the Zen Den with chuck and will man this it's been great leading up to fed all the uh episodes that we've done in different locations on the property we can do skitter at um during the full moon oh yeah definitely well if we are mentioning zenden i do want to shout out rachel yeah creating this space out here and everybody else who who contributed uh i can't even mention all the names (laughs) like 
uh, definitely am coming up on the backside of all of this. And yeah. yeah, it's funny that this happened to be a Zendin episode, and Rachel's not on because she would be the actual, uh, you know, the better fitting person rather than me. A hundred percent, like <laughs> but, the um, Zen to queen. Talk, yeah, to talk about all the, you know, the the things that are going to be happening in this beautiful space. You know, she'll be able to to tell you and then you can go to the schedule on our our instagram and our website and check out you know the yoga and sound baths and and other ceremonies that'll be happening in the zindin Um, she is definitely taking a lot of energy to curate the space uh to curate the times of you know the time slots you know all that the overall flow of the night of every evening uh it's all been very thought out throughout the whole festival but yeah. i know rachel takes uh her her energy is very well spent uh throughout the the area in the zindans and our, our festival is you know it's it's put here for us to have a good time um but it's mainly you know getting back to speaking on the community and and things of that nature it's 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 important for us to have a space that we can practice things that are for like-mindedness and and full-mindedness and it's just you know that aspect of the of the festival is important to us it is a wonderful fucking space i love the big pillars too the big was those cedar pillars beams yeah I'd say they're cedar. Well, beams. Yeah, you're right. I'm saying pillars, pillars, straight up. Yeah, they go. <laughs> yeah, pillars beams. go up. <laughs> yeah, my bad. But yeah, so seeing you know seeing all this with the sun going. Well, how down, come they don't call them catter beams? <laughs> they they go cat, caterpillars go sideways. Why are they not okay. called caller beams? <laughs> <laughs> they they don't go up. Cat, caterpillars don't go up; they go sideways. <laughs> I'm so lost. <laughs> it's a caterbeam. <laughs> yeah, bro. How come they call them butterflies and they're not beta butter? How come they're not called flutterflies? <laughs> I never thought what. <laughs> <laughs> Why they call butterflies, but they're not made of butter? <laughs> what is it? You ever had Rocky they Mountain oysters? Them, they should call them. I can't believe it's not butterflies. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe it's not butterflies. Because <laughs> it ain't. <laughs> I hope it ain't. <laughs> I know it ain't butter. <laughs> well, now now I got some research to do. Or they I should call off. them. They should call them flutterbys because that's what they do. They flutterbys. Bye uh, bye. <laughs> So, do you believe love bugs were made in uh, a lab, or they were oh naturally God. found in the 1940s? <laughs> what are these mutant love bugs that y'all have over here, bro? Like <laughs> it's love season, baby. Oh my gosh! Like I have not seen love bugs this bad in a couple of years. Yeah, dude. it seems like since we were kids. Like they're fucking out. Like my truck got blasted. Yeah, that's the only bad part about them. Besides every other part. <laughs> <laughs> Getting in every single orifice ever, and just and they just do nothing crawl. but just kind of like gently fly yeah. by too. Yeah, <laughs> they just flutter by. Do you do you know when they mate? 
<laughs> when they mate, they suck the life out of the male partner. That and sounds they about just, right. Is that why they're stuck together? All yeah, the time? and uh, then look, they they suck them dry, and then they kind of even when they're dead, they still kind of like fly with them on. Yeah, and the other side, yeah, the male's dead. It's a weird insect. <laughs> together all the time. The, it's like the male seahorse has the baby. Yeah. He's uh, <laughs> over here is teaching science facts. Yeah. What? I'm just saying, allegedly, Third they say facts. <laughs> that love bugs were created in a lab to fucking uh, kill mosquito larvae. And then other people say that they love were found bugs. in 1940. Yeah, but it didn't work. They just made, <laughs> I, uh, I allegedly, that. they made a, just an annoying insect that flies around that does nothing. I mean, that sounds like one of them conspiracy theories. Maybe. <laughs> I bet they make uh, good food for. Did it come out of birds and stuff? <laughs> I bet birds Probably. stay full on them, bro. Dude, straight up, like. Well, they ain't eating enough of them around here for damn sure. <laughs> uh, it seems like the front of vehicles, uh, the black heart, is its natural through. enemy, its natural predator. Right. Your bumper of your vehicle. <laughs> Yeah, and hey, if y'all need to take that off, a little uh, Dawn uh, water and soap and take a, a dryer sheet and dip it in the water solution and then you just scrub it and it takes all the love bugs off the vehicle. Dang. Just Noted. a little tidbit for everybody out there that wants to detail their front of their vehicle from the uh, massive invasion of love bug bodies. What are you saying? Dawn? Yeah, Dawn. You, you take like Dawn and water, put it like... You know, a couple squirts of Dawn and like a little bowl with some water. You take a dryer sheet and you dip it in it, and then you rub it on like your grill and stuff, and it take the love bug straight off. I got you one too. Uh, is mosquito spray works for that too? Really? Mm-hmm. Shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, if you get like tree sap on your car or your window or anything, you can spray mosquito spray on it. Damn. I wonder man, if that works for clothes because I get tree sap on my clothes at work all the time. Body. Probably. You put that on your that. body. It says it on the directions that you can, bro. No repel. No repel. Oh, yeah. Rillo don't like mosquito spray. <laughs> I don't either, bro, but you know what I, I really don't like is looking like hamburger meat from trying to uh, <laughs> mow out here and getting yeah, bit up by yeah, so many mosquitoes. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, if that was the case, if I were working, working out here, like heart, manual manual labor working, yes, I would, I would repel. But and when I cho- have the choice... I'm a I'm a chemical free man, and that's good. That's how you should be. I try to be. I try to be personally not not to like connive, not to like backhand any corporation, but just I don't want to. I don't yeah. want it. Yeah, makes sense. Well, boys, I'm uh, I'm probably gonna go light a fire here in a little bit since this will be the first fire of fall for me. The first fall fire. Well, before we do that, you want to slap some words of wisdom we can get out of here? Yeah. Um, I guess just, you know, remember to breathe, man. Some people, uh, including myself, you know, it's nice to have that reminder. The best reminder you've ever given me, son. (laughs) Yeah, man. Just before you do anything, just breathe. I guess my words of wisdom will be enjoy the little things. Always the the little things are always the great things. And it could be a cup of coffee in the morning that's just hot enough 
or it's getting that extra 30 minutes of sleep or it's you know staying up a little late and having just a little bit of alone time just the the little things appreciate and love the little things in life i've got a cassette, audio cassette player that's my little thing that i've been really enjoying like finding old cassette tapes of like old funk music and hearing it through one of those old little boom boxes with cassettes right and like even the, the like the more dusty and like like, <laughs> like they the, some of them are slowed up just from yeah. being old or like if they've been left out in the heat or something so it's just like it's like chopped and screwed versions of like Casey and the Sunshine <laughs> Band or something <laughs> but yeah anyways yeah little things man you're right it makes me so happy to just press play on that thing <laughs> right Yeah, Will Botting, what would be your uh, words of wisdom that you're going to leave us with? Words of wisdom. Wisdom. So uh, I've spent uh, the last few months just trying to slow down, but also uh, zone in. Uh, So like listen in, listen to what's going on around. Um, Traveling, doing work, riding bikes, doing your activities uh you know walking the dog uh playing music everyday life stuff we do every day uh i feel like we zone out a lot during that time uh and then a lot is overlapped during that so if you zone in and listen in listen to what's going on around you'll definitely find a lot more that is being missed in your everyday life so a little bit extra that's I find to help yeah that music language bro and especially the way that that Will makes music you know he's recording natural things and you know like water in a stream and he'll take it and and make a song out of it you know it's and like in order to do that you have to hear the song in in something already so listen for it you don't have to be uh, musically able instrumentally able to hear the music and enjoy it it's beautiful very true but, but we love all y'all this is episode uh, 169 and thank you nice. uh, Will uh, Chuck for being on the show uh, we'll definitely have uh be out on the lookout for the Rillo interview coming uh, this year from Fet the Boy 22. We can't wait to have you back on for that interview. That's going to be great. And uh, Third Coast po- uh, Podcast, Chuck. Yo. Will. Yo. And you know when your host, Joe, what it do, Gators? We love you all. Thank you all so much. And we'll see you all next week. Thanks, Joe. See you. Thank you all.